Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Today I want to talk for a couple minutes about one of the greatest love stories that had ever been in the Bible. The greatest love story of them all is the gospel message, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I love a lot of people, but I only have one son. And when I, I would not give up my only son for anybody. I love you. Give you the shirt off my back. But I won't give my son for you. But, but God not loved the world. He so loved. That's a comparative word that he had so much. It's one thing to love, but he had so much love that he was willing to kill his own son. So whoever believed would not perish, but have everlasting life. And today I want to talk about a love story that's taken out of the book of Hosea. Somebody, somebody say because of his passion. The book of Hosea, the first chapter says this. So the Lord gave this message to Hosea the son of Bere, during the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were the kings of Judah, and Jeroboam, the son of Jehash, was king of Israel. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute. Somebody say prostitute. So that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. Can you believe that God would tell somebody? Let me tell you something. Watching Scandal ain't got nothing on the Bible. I think Power about to, about to come back on Showtime or something. I want, right? That's pretty good drama. Ain't got nothing on the Bible. God told a prophet to go and marry a prostitute. Isn't God funny? He said, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be born and conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. God. So Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Jebiblam. And she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. As they put the title on the screen of our, today's message, the title is When Love Won't Let You Stop. Tell somebody when love won't let you stop. If you give me just a couple of minutes, I just want to describe to you through the prophet Hosea 
and Gomer. That this was a metaphor. That God wanted a representation of the earth of the love that he had for his people. Tell somebody beside you, God loves you. I was going to name it the prophet and the prostitute. But I thought that shocked people a little too much. But God literally told his mouthpiece. Can you imagine a prophet? Now, prophets were not today's versions of prophets. And I'm not saying that the office is still true. It's still a vital voice. It's one of the five folds in the ministry. But it's not like prophet buzzard to come in town and get on the radio. I'm going to be walking the aisles and I'm going to be prophesying. And I got some water from the River Jordan when it came from Salem Lake. <laughs> and I'm going to be sprinkling. I'm going to be prophesying. No, no. When, when a prophet came in the midst in biblical times, people got afraid. Because nine times out of ten, it wasn't, oh, you're about to get a new house. You're about to get a new car. It was because judgment had come to the house. Tell somebody say a real prophet. And can you imagine that God spoke to Hosea? It says that when God began to speak to Hosea, not after a couple of years God had been speaking to him, one of the first things that God told him to do is, I want you to go down to the stroll. Y'all know what the stroll is. And I want you to marry a prostitute. Another version says, I want you to marry and love her. That means that we can be attached to people and not love them. I know people who've been married, married for years and years and ain't nothing but roommates. Ain't nothing but business partners. But tell somebody he commanded him to, to marry and love her. Come on, tell somebody he commanded him to marry and love her. Can you imagine? So we're going to talk about just for a couple minutes. Both people. People like in this story, the, the few times that I've heard it preached, people are either on the prostitute, talking about her, her same and her sickness. But Hosea had to go through some things too, y'all. Can you imagine the stature of a prophet in the kingdom? See, I've been in this pastoral thing for, for, for a little bit of time, just, just, just about 24 months now. And, and, and the first thing, people, what, what, what goes with the pastor? I'm going to let you in on the secrets of pastoralship. The first thing you got to get as a pastor, you got to get you a good looking, good acting, a woman of good reputation to be behind your side. That's, that's the starter kit for, for pastors. That's a little secret. So if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be a voice for God in today's society, and even back then, nobody can trust you to be a, a, be, be a, a, a good voice for God when you got a loose wife. Come on, am I telling truth? If my wife is lovely as she is, and she had a reputation of being, being, being all around town, you're like, hmm. I question his judgment. That's the best he can do. He, no, he ain't hearing from God if he chose her. But here it is. God told the voice, his mouthpiece in the kingdom. This man had audience and when he walked in the room, King stood still like, what is God about to say? 
And God would tell him something as foolish as to go and marry a prostitute. Can you imagine the shame? Can you imagine the whispers? Can you imagine the cool points that Hosea lost? That here I am, I've been keeping myself pure and holy. I've been keeping myself chaste. And Lord, you're going to tell me to go and marry and love and lay with the woman who's been all around town? No doubt his fellow brothers in the, in, in, in the school of prophets said, hey, yo, Hosea, yo, dude, let me talk to you for a second. I know you love her. I know she cute. I'm going to tell you how men talk to each other. Doctor. Let me talk to you, doc. Ain't much tread left on them tires. Brothers, can we tell the truth in this play? The doctor, she nice and all, man, but look, man, you need to, hey, don't put too much, don't, don't get your hopes up, man. You can't turn her into a housewife, doc. You can tell, I'm telling you how men talk. Brothers, can I, don't leave me out here by myself. Brothers, I, am I telling the truth? Say, doctor, look, look at my phone, man. She sent me a text last week. So, doctor, I mean, you know, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I know you think you can change it, doc, but, hey, man, you up against a whole lot. But the first thing I want you to focus in on today is the burden of saying yes. I want to apologize for the church because we have portrayed that once we say yes to God that everything's going to be rosy, that everything is going to be daffodils and posies and you're going to just be holding hands with Jesus and walking in slow motion and everything's going to be great and everything. No, but there is a burden that comes upon you when you say yes because you know that no man can serve two masters he's going to serve one and by virtue of him serving one he's going to hate the other and so by virtue of saying yes to the Lord you are saying no to everything else and tell somebody that comes with a burden it comes with such a burden because Hosea obeyed despite being against his personal interests. If he had chosen, God would have gave him a, a chaste and pure woman of good reputation because it would have gone along good with his image. But how I many you know sometimes God will cause you to do something that is contrary to how you're going to look? God, the word of God says that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our, who can know the mind of God. And if God commanded his mouthpiece to a whole nation to do something that is contrary to how he would look. But the word of God said that despite all his shame, he loved her. Somebody say he loved her. And can I tell you this, people of God? You will never know the depths of your love unless you are challenged with the unlovable. I've been married to my wife 16 years. 
fine as wine. But my love is not proven to her when we're getting along and what you're doing, and I'm sending little texts, I love you, I miss you, and I'm sending a little selfie with some goo-goo eyes on it. My love is tested when she gets on my nerves. When she, you know how we are, men. You ought to just know. I shouldn't have to tell you everything. You ought to know. You don't know me all these years. You ought to know. Her love for me is tested when I'm a stubborn goat. When I leave my shoes in the middle of the floor. Come on, say amen, baby. <laughs> when I leave a plate on the kitchen table. Walk past the, gar the garbage can to get to the bedroom. All you have to do is pick it up. That's when her love is put to the test. And God is saying through Hosea, I'm going to put you to the test. Oh, you say you got love. Hosea, I'm about to put you to the test. I am going to assign to you something that the world deems as unlovable. See, you got to understand to her, love was just a transaction. <laughs> you give me what I need, I give you what you want. And in this season, we are reminded by the love of the cross that if we be honest, we've been pretty unlovable too. He told Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute as an example that I, the father, am about to send my son to be the groom to a church that keeps whoring after other gods. That means that Jesus loved the unlovable. There was a song, an older song, that says that these ain't loyal. Y'all, you better know, you better know, no. The older don't, you know, don't, we talk to me after we talk about it. But they go to the highest bidder. And God is saying, can you be loyal to love when it's not reciprocated back? See, we, we live this life for if then. That if you wash my hand, I'll wash yours. If you're good to me, then I'll be good to you. If you do what I want, then I'll give you what you need. But God is saying, can you be like Hosea? And can you love the unlovable? Second thing as we move quickly. The next thing. As the story goes along, he marries her. They have three children. And she's enjoying the housewife life. She's taken care of. She's being domestic. She's taking care of the children. But you got to read the whole first chapter of Hosea. It's a wonderful chapter. But after a while, that old life came calling. Have you ever been somewhere where you walked away from something? And whereas you used to have to pay for your weed, all of a sudden people come by the ounce giving it to you for free. 
Oh, man, just come on out with me, man. The drink's on me. I'll pay the cover charge when you go in the club, man. Don't even worry about it, man. I just want to hang with you, man. It's been so long. Isn't it funny? The stuff you have to scrap to do for the devil, he'll come back to you and want to give it to you for free. You know why? Because there's a little string attached to you that's going to pull you far away from God. We don't, we don't take big steps away from God. It's inch by inch. It's step by step. It's word by word. It's text message by text message. Anybody ever been in, in a raft or one of those little cycle boats out there in the ocean? If you sit still and don't paddle, next thing you know, if you close your eyes for two minutes, you will be so far from the shore. It's because the drift takes you further and further and further away from the shore. And that's how he is the devil. He's so subtle. He'll come in through little things, through little associations. He doesn't come with from a stranger. He comes from somebody who's got close proximity to you. And he'll slowly pull you away. That's the, you know, you open your eyes and you're so far away from God that you don't know how you got there. Anybody ever been far away from God and you don't know how you got there? You woke up one day and say, God, how did I get here? Just like the prodigal son. You come to yourself and I'm in the, 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 the pigs that I won't even eat. Here I am beside them eating the husk and eating the trash that the pig eats. such it is it's us with life we've toyed around with the devil we try to be over here with God and still be accepted by our friends over here we tried to walk in our calling and then walk in the approval of other people and God said you're no better than Gomer Worship is more than a lifted hand. It's the decisions that we make with our lives. Your choices are worship. Your decisions are worship. And God said, you have been whoring after other gods. Oh God, by your decisions. You've been bowing at the altar or trying to get status. And trying to get the corner office. And trying to get the Mercedes. And trying to prove my aunt and all those people who rejected me that I can't make it without you. You've been worshiping at the aisle of other gods. And God said, I want all of you. Say, Gomer, I want all of you. I love you and I'm married to you. And there is nothing that you can do that make me ever turn my back on you. But you're going to have to make a decision. And so as the story goes, one day she threw down her pots. She left the babies with somewhere else, with somebody else. And she went back to what was familiar. She went back to prostituting. She went back to worshiping at the altar of other gods. She found more value in what society appreciated. 
than what her husband provided. She literally chose bondage over freedom. But can I tell you, we do the same thing. The familiarity with bondage provides a level of comfort that freedom does not. We say it like this. I'd rather deal with the devil I do know. We say some stupid stuff sometimes. than the one that I don't. So many times, I'm going to sit here we're going to talk just a second. So many times, even though it hurts us, even though it's painful, even though it's robbing us of life, vitality, even though it's robbing us of our years, it's what's familiar. You know that dude ain't no good for you. You know that woman does not coincide with the calling on your life. Yet still it's familiar. And I would rather deal with the comfort of familiarity than the risk of the freedom that God has provided. See, the pursuit of freedom is risky. See, when Harriet Tubman was running the Underground Railroad, she had created a whole network of safe houses going on up the East Coast. But it was still a risk to leave. And they asked Harriet Tubman, are you proud of what you did? She said, I only wish people believed in freedom enough I could have saved a whole lot more. But people were prisoner in their minds even though I tried to get their bodies free. So many times, people of God, our bodies can be free, but we're, in, we're prisoners in the mind. There are some people that are sitting in lockdown with an orange jumpsuit on today that are more free than those of us that woke up this morning. Nobody told us to when to go to sleep. Nobody told us to wake up. There was nobody saying lockdown, lights out. There are people in prison today that are more free than people in this room. Freedom is a decision. And Gomer decided that this freedom costs too much. The comfort of bondage is calling me. And so consequently, she went back into prostitution. Oh, this, this section is called When Bondage is Easier Than Freedom. Even though it hurts you, it's easier. See, you have to understand. When the man at the pool of Bethesda was healed, it took away his excuses. 
He could no longer sit by the gate and beg anymore. He no longer could sit around. He had no excuse to sit around the other people who were lame and impotent. That means he was responsible for his own future. And you know, can I tell you that's the reason some people don't want to be free? Even those things plague you. That for you to walk in freedom means that your crutches are gone. You no longer have the safety net that if mama had never left me and if my husband hadn't treated me so bad and if, if I haven't been a product of a single home. So I'm not in denial that these, these things happen, but now that we've acknowledged the source and the impetus of your problem, what are you going to do about it? The word of God tells us in all our getting, we should get understanding. But once you come into the revelation of the understanding, now what? What are you going to do about what you know? Are you going to stay as, as justification to stay the way you are? Or are you going to accept the full accountability of freedom? You see, when the slaves refused to leave, say, hey, I would go up there with you, but Master ain't, ain't, he ain't that bad. We eat every day. We got a roof over our head. We're provided for from the one who beats us. There's a certain level of safety and comfort and bondage. And Harry Tubman said, no, don't you want to be free? If you just follow me, yeah, it's going to be risky, but I'm telling you, it's worth the risk. If you're willing to say, no, Harriet, look, I ain't going to snitch on you, but I can't do it. The risk is too great. I'd rather deal with the bondage and the occasional beating and the occasional time I might, I might get raped and they're going to take my children from me. I'll deal with the anguish of the bondage rather than take the risk to be free. And God is saying today, are you willing to take the risk to be free? Are you willing to risk to be an ostracized? Are you, risk, are you willing to risk your family members turning their back and saying, girl, you've lost your mind. You've become so, so heavenly, uh, you've been so heavenly minded, you are no earthly good. Are you willing to take a risk to be free? Gomer took it for as long as she come, as long as she could. But she made a decision that the risk was too great. And so as it would have it, Gomer ended up not only being a free will prostitute, as the word goes on, she ended up being a sex slave. Hosea was walking around saying, anybody seen Hosea? Because you know, everybody knew her. For good or bad, they knew her. Anybody seen Jose? No, we hadn't seen her. Anybody seen Gomer? No, we hadn't seen her. Anybody seen her? I'm looking for my wife. I'm looking for my wife. Doesn't that sound familiar? I'm looking for my child. They left for me. Have you seen her? Oh, don't you know the Lord, the Lord, the Bible says that he's married to the backslider. Those that have came to God but then walked away, played the part of a harlot, and went, that, that, that he gave you comfort. He gave you safety. He took you out of that life where people were using and abusing you, and yet and still you answered the call to the old life. And God has been roaming the streets and say, have you seen my wife? 
Anybody seen my bride? Anybody seen? I love her. I know y'all what y'all think about her, but I love her. She belongs to me. I'm her covering. I love her. It hurts me when my wife is not with me. Has anybody ever been there where you can feel the tugging of God at your heart? Say, come back to me. Anybody see my wife? Anybody see my wife? And then he finally found her. Did somebody say, yeah, I seen Gomer. She's at the slaves market. And he walked and he said, get out of my way. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. I'm trying to get to my wife. And he gets on the front row and he looks on the pedestal. And there is his wife, his bride, the mother of his three children. She's chained and he's shackled. And the word of God said she was naked. Standing on the platform about to be auctioned off to the highest bidder. Isn't it something that when we go back to what we left from, we're in more bondage than we were than the original bondage we left. She was a free real prostitute doing as she will. When she went back to the old ways, she had greater bondage. The Bible says it like this. It'd be better for you to keep the spirits that are plaguing you then to go back to it like a dog to its vomit because guess what that devil that left you when he comes back he's going to have seven more tell somebody more bondage if God deals in multiplication so does the enemy and she was in greater bondage than she originally was there's somebody in this place that once knew God that had a strong and swift running in your feet. But that world came calling. And just like Gomer, you went after. And so the last section is called, How Much? Somebody say, How Much? How much? Hosea, he got to that front row. And he see her being, and men say, ooh, yeah, I know her, man. I want, you know, I, I want to keep her exclusive to myself. He said, hey, I'll give you, th I'll give you this, much, this much money for her. I'll give you $100. He said, no, I'll give you $300. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you $400. He said, wait a minute, y'all, man, come, y'all, this is my wife. Say, yeah, 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 say, yeah, 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 Jose. We know that's your wife, but doc, she don't belong to you no more. She's a slave. She property somebody else. And so he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he went to the person auction and said, how much do I need to pay for her? He said, man, you don't want this woman, man. It was a good thing that she went out and said, man, you a prophet to the Holy. I don't care. How much it costs? She belongs to me. How much? I'm willing to pay. How much is it, man? I'm willing to pay. Is it $1,000? Is it $3,000? I borrow. I mortgage my house. But she means so much to me that I'll buy back what belongs to me. Can I tell you something, people of God? When God created man in his likeness and his image, we were his prized possession. I said last week, anything that's in your likeness and your image is your mirror. When I look at my son's face, I see a mirror. Look just like me. Act just like me. Got pigeon toes just like me. Somebody say a mirror. Y'all looking at my feet now. See, they turn in us. But you are created in the likeness 
of God the Father. And can you imagine the thing that you created? See, everything else, God, and you look in Genesis, he spoke and the birds were created. He spoke and the grass was created. He spoke and the moon was hung. That's the reason the word of God says that he was born in sin and shaped with, we were all born in sin and shaped with iniquity. Through Adam's sin. And well, they killed goats every year to try to get us back in the good grace of God. We find ourselves in the same spot. Kill turtle doves. Atonement and Passover every year. It would only give us temporary relief. Then God said, talk to the devil, what is it going to take for you to give him up? I hear the devil saying, nah. <laughs> Uh, you don't want, what I, you don't want what, I, what I require. You can't do it. You're not willing to do it. What is it that you need, devil? How much? What's the price that I need to pay? Because if you had took the snake, that's fine. If you had took the goat, that's fine. If you had took all those other things. But this thing right here, this creation was created after my likeness and image. I love this creation so much. I love this woman so much. I love this man so much. Devil, how much? What is the price that I need to pay? He says, mighty steep. Are you sure? Devil, you heard me the first time. How much? It's going to cost your only son. That's the price that you're going to have to pay. It's going to have to be the blood. So all those blood of goats were fine. All those blood of turtle doves were fine. All those bloods of unblemished lamb that were fine. But it's going to take unblemished untainted blood and the only way you can do it God is through your son God the son took counsel with God the father he said okay dad I can do it prepare me a body I'm going to go down I'm going to be born of a woman and I'm going to live so many years on this planet and I'm not going to sin. I'm going to be unblemished. And oh, by the way, I'm going to show them a picture of you by healing people, by delivering people, by setting the captives free. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to be the unblemished blood. And I'll be the sacrifice. If that's what he wants, I'll do it. Everybody stand into your feet. It's because of love. That God could not stop. It's because you are valuable. We make decisions all the time, people of God. We make value decisions. Some of us bought a good old Easter dress. And we look for what's going to give us the most value from what we're willing to pay. And it's because of love that God could not stop. 
I don't care what you've done in this room. He never stopped loving you. I don't care if you smoke crack this morning. He never stopped loving you. I don't care if you were in three beds last night. He never stopped loving you. There is nothing that you can do. I don't care if you smoke weed in the parking lot before you came in and you're buzzing right now. He has never stopped loving you. God paid for what was already his. Just like Hosea. It was his wife in the first place. And he paid the price for her a second time. Because he loved. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That translation. For God so loved the world that he bought us back. What he already owned, he paid the price again to buy us back. Touch somebody, tell some, touch somebody beside you and tell them, you are valuable. You are so valuable that he bought you back again. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that you don't have value. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that you're worth nothing. The creator of the universe thought so much of you that he bought you back through the blood of his only begotten son. Tell somebody, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Come on, confess to somebody in this room. Tell them, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me so much that he bought me back. He loves me so much that he's willing to sacrifice. He brought me so much that he was willing to be whipped and bruised and spit upon. He loves me. Somebody touch yourself and tell him he loves me. He loves me. Don't you let, don't you let, don't you ever let the devil tell you anymore that you are not loved. Don't you ever let the devil tell you anymore that you don't have worth and that you're not valuable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him would not perish. He doesn't want you to perish, but if you perish, it's a choice that only you can make. You can choose freedom or you can choose bondage, but you cannot be both. The way of the transgressor is hard. A double-minded man is unstable in his whole in, his, in all of his ways. Everything that we've done today, all the pageantry, all the dancing, all the stuff on the screens, it was for this moment where somebody has to make a decision. You've played the role of Gomer for long enough. for long enough and God is saying today I am looking for my bride the one that I've already prayed a price for the one that I cleaned up and I took her off the streets the one that, that, that I gave her a new lease on life the one that I said you are beautiful I don't care how many more, how many men have used you I don't care how, how many people that you don't that you mistrust I don't care how many people have done you wrong I see value in you so much that I'm willing to buy you back a 
again. That's how much I love you. That's how valuable you are to me. I want you back. I don't care if you've been with God before and you turned your back on him. If you've never been in the ark of his safety before. God is saying this morning that I want you back. You belong to me in the beginning and I want you back. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I went through everything I went through today. Barely got sleep last night praying for this moment. Spent all hours this week prepping to have this atmosphere right for this moment. Always say that at the end of the at the end of our journey of life, when we close our eyes, it is about the decisions that we have made and the outcomes that ensue as a regard in regards to those decisions. And today is a decision. The word of God said, the day that you hear my voice, and I declare right now that if you have never heard the voice of God, you're hearing him right now. He said, the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. That is biblical talk for don't reject me. When you hear me knocking at the door of your heart, he is saying, let me in. I love you. I died for you. I shed blood for you. I overlooked all of your faults. I overlooked all of your shortcomings. And I want you back. So I'm going to ask a question. And I'm going to ask everybody in this room with all heads closed and all eyes by where no one can see you. Where there is no shame. I want you to be in the solitude of the arena of your life. And I want you to take a picture. And make, a, and, and make a choice right now that does my life look like a picture that I belong to God fully oh yeah the world loves to say well he's got all the world in his hands and he does and, and we all are all God's children and we are to a degree but to be a true son of God we have got to accept his son and then we are fully accepted into the family. Don't you let this watered down, damnable gospel tell you that we are all God's children. And once you are saved, and if somebody sprinkles some water on you when you was three years old and you didn't know who, who and what you were doing, that you were in the ark of safety. I curse that damnable doctrine. Today is the acceptable day of the Lord. And if you are not sure, if you are in the ark of safety of Jesus Christ, the word has come to you today to, for you to make a decision. If you, are, if you are not walking in full assurity that you are in the peace and the ark of safety today, this message was for you. I prayed and I thought. And I turned my plate down for this moment. I've been after you all along. The dance was, was set up for a moment because I'm after you. The dramatization, the singing, all the praise, it was for this moment because I wanted to go fishing today. And God wants to catch a bountiful harvest of fish. And we, we need to give God the reward of his son's suffering by giving him back the gift of our lives. If you know that you are not in right standing with God, if you know that if you close your eyes and you woke up in eternity, you would not be, meet God in peace. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as a signification that I need 
Jesus. If you walked away from him and you played the part of Gomer and you walked away and you started whoring after other gods, you started, uh, you, you got an itch to go back to the old lifestyle. You got an itch to go back to that old guy that don't mean you no good. You've had an itch and desire and the lust and the pride of life have pulled you away from the safety of God. I'm after you today. On the count of three, I want you to make a bold decision. He's willing to pay the price to get you back. But you got to walk out of the chains. You have to accept the freedom. Now it's going to come at a cost. And every day is not going to be rosy, but every day is going to be worth it. Because you belong to him. He loves you so much. And he wants his bride back. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hands up in the air. And we're going to lead you through a prayer. And he's going to pay the ransom to get you back. On the count of three, you know where you are. And you also know where you are not in him. And we can't be honest in the church. Where can we be honest? I know you've been hurt. I know the church may have hurt you again. But there is not, that, that is us putting our confidence in man. I apologize for the church hurting you. But God wants you. God loves you so much that even though you walked away from him, he wants you back. He wants you back. Listen, Dick. He wants you back. And he's willing to look like a fool going across the street. Have you seen him? Have you seen him? I need him. I need him. I want my bride back. You are valuable. Blood was shed for you to be in the safety. He loves you. Don't you ever forget it. I pray for even each and every last one of you that what I would say would prick your heart. Some of you have been all the way over here for the devil and you didn't know it. Because we're born in sin and we're shaped in iniquity. But some of us has been like this. We've been trying to be over here and over there. And you were right, you were right on the edge like a wishbone about to pop. Because you're trying to be for the devil and you're trying to please people and please God. And say, well, I got God in my life and I believe in him. And I read the Bible every night. But God said, I want all of you. I don't, I, he said, I'm a jealous God. I won't share you with nobody else. I'm a jealous husband and I want you. Can't no other man. Give my wife flowers. Can't no other man tell my wife beautiful. You know why? Because she's been told she's beautiful already in the morning. Because she belongs to me. And you belong to God. You have value. And God wants to revolutionize your life. Everybody lift your hands. And I want you to re repeat this prayer with me. If y'all would, let's everybody say, it's, it's okay if we say it over again. Sometimes we need to say it every day. Say, God, save me all over again. Wash me all over again in your precious blood. God, give me a give me a blood bath every day. I want you to repeat after me. Say, God, I come to you. I admit that I am a sinner, having committed sin. Say, but today I make the decision 
to accept the completed work of Jesus Christ. I want you to confess it and say, I believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God the Father. I say, and I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Say, say, they say, I believe that he was buried in a tomb and he stayed in the earth for three days and he rose on the third day. They say, I believe that my sins are about to be taken away from me. Say, I believe that every wrong thing that I've done is about to be thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. Say, I believe that I am about to be transformed into a new creature. Say, I accept the completed work of Jesus the Father, Jesus the Son, and God the Father. Now we're going to speak to the devil. Say, say now devil, I no longer serve you. Say, devil, you are no longer my God. And I no longer take orders from you. You are the enemy of my soul. And I will tear your kingdom down as God empowers me. Now look up to the Lord and say, now Father God, now that I have accepted Jesus, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill my vessel so that I can live this life as you show me how. Say, God, from this day forward, I belong to you. From this day forward, I obey everything that you say to do. From this day forward, I commit myself to reading my Bible. I commit myself to communicating with you in prayer. Say, God, I turn away from my wicked ways and I will follow you till if mother does not go. I will follow you. If friends turn away, God, I follow you for the rest of my life. Say, God, I give you whatever is left of me and I ask you, God, to multiply what I give you. God, I give you my life. God, I give you my future. God, I give you my will. In Jesus' name. Now turn to somebody and say, right now, today, I am saved. Say, I am saved. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. 
And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.